Welcome back to the How Do You Health podcast, Vitamizers. Sorry, we had to take a little bit of a hiatus. Nurse Doza's wife had their second son a couple weekends ago, and so we thought it was right to let Nurse Doza go home to her and his newborn as much as possible. Uh, I'm quite honestly very impressed that he has bounced back already and was able to get this episode recorded with us. But... As always, this show is brought to you by MSW Lounge in Westlake Hills, Austin, Texas. MSW Lounge offers vitamin shots and drips, as well as chiropractic services, hormone replacement, HCG diet, and blood work, fully comprehensive blood work. That is so cool, and Nurse Doza totally geeks out about it with you if that's what you order from him. Uh, as well as, of course, plenty of supplements to help along with your vitamin regimen and natural locally made products. We've got shampoo, lip balm, bath bombs, things like that. So definitely check it out. Speaking of our vitamin blends, Slenderella is also a sponsor of this podcast. Slenderella is a liver detox shot and IV vitamin blend that actually helps people lose weight in the process of detoxing their liver. And recently, based on some urinalysis testing done by MSW Lounge, it is a brain detoxer as well. So that is super cool. There have been several new Slenderella blends released lately, including the Spin City and the Burpees and Bubbly Shots. These are several of our Slenderella ambassadors, and They both have very specific needs in their lives that they think might benefit you too. And if you get one of their shots, a portion of the proceeds from that shot goes to the charity of the ambassador's choice. So that's pretty dang cool. Speaking of our ambassadors, Spin City, aka Sydney Tarabi, is an instructor at Athletic Outcomes, which is a sponsor for this podcast as well. Athletic Outcomes is Austin's boutique wellness studio focusing on functional fitness and sports recovery. Located in Southeast Austin, AO provides services such as personal training, group classes, pre and postnatal training, nutrition coaching, massage therapy, chiropractic, recovery compression boots, and MSW lounge vitamin shots several days a week. It is your one-stop shop for health and fitness. Check them out on social media at Athletic Outcomes to stay up to date on their events and programs. Last but not least, we're brought to you by Flabs to Fitness. That is the production company for this podcast. Flabs to Fitness is an online training and nutrition coaching platform that offers services such as behavior change with food and 20-minute workouts you can do anywhere. Flabs to Fitness also specializes in content creation, and brand management for other health companies, such as the creation of this podcast, as well as blog content, social media management, all that fun marketing stuff that you don't have time for. All right. Our guest today, I love. His name is Kevin Ballister, and he actually brought his business partner, Zach, with him to this show. So, Kevin, Zach, John, and Baldo, John is Nurse Doza. Those four guys totally geeked out. I chimed in every once in a while to throw in something, but it was a total bro fest. They geeked out. Kevin Ballister is the author of How to Feed a Brain, and it's a book about a severe traumatic brain injury that he suffered from about 10 years ago. 
think it was about 10 years ago. He explains it all on the podcast. Incredible story. Super cool conversation with these guys. This episode is a little bit longer than some of them, uh, just because I didn't want to stop these guys. They were so full of information. So hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, guys. Welcome to the How Do You Help podcast. I'm Baldo. I am the guest host today, along with uh, Jonathan over here, Nurse Doza. Um, we have Zach Nazar down here as well. He's like just a badass health coach. <laughs> and of course, we have Kevin Ballister, uh, author of How to Feed a Brain. They're on the same How to Feed the Brain uh, team, so we're excited to be talking to them. Um, it's going to be super cool because we've never done a four-person podcast, and it just happened to be that we already started chatting, and I know that there's a lot of great information to give you guys, so this is why we're here. And uh, yeah, let's get started. So Jonathan, you have a couple words. I know you finished reading the book last night. Uh, or this morning, actually, or it was last, last night. Last night. Last night. You read it real fast. Yeah. <laughs> in all fairness, I tried to read it while uh, my wife and I were in the hospital last week. You know, she gave birth to our second son. Yeah. So I was trying to, with like you know, basically like no sleep, trying to finish you know the book and everything. But um, when I read it, like I said before, I was I was very happy with the results. Um, he had heard me talk about uh, Wheat Belly before, and I, I basically went gluten-free because I read Wheat Belly, and I got done reading the book, and I told Baldi, I said, that book inspired me just as much as Wheat Belly did. And uh, I, you know, I'll say to Dr. David, I did not read um, Grain Brain, all right? But I got the concept, I, I reviewed it, I was like, okay, don't eat gluten, right? Like just, and he even <laughs> says, just don't eat gluten, right? But um, I learned a lot from this as well, because like, you talked about ALA being the precursor to DHA, right? And you just blast DHA. And so it's funny that you talked about choline and we're giving you like choline in your IVs as well, right? And, and I'm just, I'm in awe because of what you've created in a sense of, when I said before, like you're gonna make more of a difference than most people and most doctors ever will. It's because like you're the spokesperson for nutrition now. Like this book is like, and I hate to be blasphemous, but it's like the Bible for the brain. Right, it gives one you the of basics. my clients says the same thing. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, I brought my Bible to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like, I, that's, uh, I mean, that's amazing. But you, you have an incredible story, man. Like, you literally, and I hate to say this, but you were, you know, brain damaged so bad to where you were just laying in the hospital and had tubes all, all around you, right? Yeah, can you, you share ain't that gotta story? be, you ain't gotta be sad. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, no. well, no, I'm just saying, like, I mean, it, yeah, it's what happened. So, yeah, let's hear that story. So, so, tell us, tell us. So, so uh, Six and a half years ago, I sustained a severe traumatic brain injury. Um, I was insulin conscious, rushed to the hospital, and while I was in a coma, I was diagnosed with a diffuse axonal injury. And if you go on Google and you type in diffuse axonal injury, and you hit enter, you're gonna get source after source after source. You know, Wikipedia, brainandspinalcord.org, Medline, they all say, 90% 90% of patients with this injury never regain consciousness. And of the 10% that do, most are in a vegetative state. Yeah. So I'm super fortunate to have woken up and I'm, I'm exploring why that may have been as far as like neuroprotection. Um, but after I woke up, you know, I didn't eat, walk or talk for months. My left hand was totally flexed inward. I was breathing through a tube in my neck, receiving nutrition through a tube in my belly. And by nutrition, I mean gastric tube formulas, which are, uh, so, so a gastric feed is 
basically bypasses the first stage of digestion, which is where you chew and masticate your food and it mixes with enzymes and saliva. And then it goes to your stomach. And so basically uh, gastric feeds bypass the first stage of digestion and go straight into the stomach. And, and then through the stomach, that's then digested. The thing is, the feeds are corn syrup, soy protein isolate, corn maltodextrin, calcium caseinate, canola oil. That's the base of the formula. And that's breakfast, lunch, and dinner for months or years. It's like a candy bar for breakfast, lunch, yeah, and dinner. Yeah, that's what they are. They're loading you up full of just processed sugar yeah. and carbs, right? Yeah. So, um, and I'm sorry, I digress. I always get a little angry. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand completely. Yeah, oh, we're passionate about yeah, it too. Yeah, so yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so I, you know, at one point, I was steered towards a nutritional protocol. And it was after I began that nutritional protocol that I regained some clarity. And I was like, there's something to nutrition for sure. And so, yeah. I dove into study, like, honestly, nutrition wasn't on my radar before. You know, I, I, I was pretty uh, conditioned to, you get sick, you go to the doctor, the doctor fixes you, kind of thing, which is, is not the, and by the way, America is the only place that thinks that way. Yeah. Like, most other countries, they get that they're going to get themselves better. Their health is their responsibility, not someone else's. I think that's a huge, extremely important uh, point that we need to understand is that our health is our responsibility. Yeah. It's like a social shift that we need to make. Yeah, yeah. it's a yeah. whole mindset right. shift. But yeah, so I saw nutrition makes a huge difference. Why? So I dove into study and I'm relearning how to walk. I'm living with my mother, but we got the internet. And I'm able to reach out to people across the globe and I hear this from many survivors that are debilitated and survivors of whatever any anything that that trips you down that changes your life it's like I'm going to study like my life depends on it because it does right and so that's exactly what I did and I ended up uh, connecting with practitioners and professors uh, biologists neurobiologists um, functional medicine practitioners, functional neurologists, neurooptometrists, just reaching out to all these different and, and RNs, and other nutritionists, trying to trying to learn what I could do to feed my brain and give it the best shot at recovery. And uh, the book is essentially the resource I wish I had. Yeah. So I wrote this book to to really I wanted it to be useful to me while I was in that state so I and you were you were saying this earlier like it's, it's a pretty short book you know um, and it's it's well cited and uh, and I want it to be very concise and really to the point and very like I, I took into account user experience in a big way right because you know it's like all right all this stuff like what does this mean you know here, take this handout to the grocery store yep. and you know what, what you need to get, you know? Yeah. And what you need to eat and how much you need to eat. Like, how many grams is that? And I, 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 used a, I, I used a measurement method of like, you know what, approximately the size of your fist. Yeah. Yep. Right? Um, 
uh, for in different denominations of that. So, so yeah, I wanted to make it really a resource for anyone. I love that uh, like your fingers on there. They're really easy to understand. You can take one of those and then you want to read the rest of it to understand it even better. But that gives you a pretty good idea already just looking at the pictures, right? Which is, yeah. I love pictures. I'm not <laughs> a visual person. I'll wait that, yeah. How'd you guys meet? So it's actually a easy, funny story easy. because, so, so I've been teaching at a Deer Lake Lodge, this like luxury juice fasting spa. Um, like since 2014 when it was like awarded top 10 organic resort like spa resorts in the world and so I was teaching there and then my friends in Austin are like what I want to go to one of your classes and I was like okay it's like three grand a weekend to go there and so I started teaching at this tea house uh Guanyin tea house because I was like okay my friends go there I'll make it cheap for them and they can get this information and uh he's walking out of a meditation I'm walking into the class and I'm teaching uh about Natural Hormone Balancing. Um, that's the book that I'm writing right now is about natural hormone balancing using dietary and lifestyle changes. Um, and it was hilarious because he tells me a story and I was like, this is amazing. Like, I'm late for this class. I'm supposed to be teaching, but this is such a great story. I was like, give me your card. Let's talk. He's like, no, man, here's my card, but I'm coming to your class. And so it's hilarious because I'm explaining like, okay, you need to you know, be low in polyunsaturated fatty acids, high in saturated fats and monounsaturated fats. You wanna be low carb, you wanna eat your seaweed, your greens, your crucifers, all these things. And he's like, yep, 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 that's everything that's in my book. Yeah. And so I'm, I have this all typed up and written out and he's like, okay, I'm gonna send you like the manuscript of my book. And then I start, I was like, why is he so like weirded out about this? And I start reading his book and it's like seaweed, Okay, saturated fats and yeah. you know all these things like verbatim. I was like, okay, we are mm -hmm. like on the same page with like paleo principles and just understanding the the functional side of nutrition of like what really works and what really moves the needle for people where you notice that difference and you feel that um, change. I mean, for me, again, it was just a long time of study. I used to be like 280 pounds. I was on I had psoriasis, psoriatic arthritis, on all kinds of medication for asthma and allergies and all this stuff, and so for years I just had to trial and error and figure this stuff out because I was going to die like I was old and right. I was still in my early 20s you yeah. know yeah um, so I went down like the vegan and vegetarian path and all this stuff but then was lacking certain things like b12 and dha which we're going to talk about for yeah, sure. yeah yeah I would crave salmon and then I would eat raw salmon and I'd feel so much better my anxiety and depression would disappear and then I was like oh god I'm a bad vegan and I started taking like B12 and DHA supplements and all my fish cravings went away. And I was like, okay, my body's telling me something. Yeah. And so that was really where I got into functional nutrition and paleo principles, which is is exactly what he goes into in, in an eloquent way in that book. I, I can tell you right now that like, you, when you talk about food as medicine, like y'all are really saying food is my medicine, right? Like we've always preached that here because it's like, a raw vegan diet can reverse diabetes, lower blood pressure, and, and help lower inflammation. But you're saying um, it got me out of the hospital and walking, and I'm able to sit down and converse and tell people, like, here's exactly what to take, right? Because one of the things I, I hate is someone says, you just got to eat better and go exercise, and that's going to make you healthier, right? And you're mm -hmm. saying no, because if we knew how to do that, 
everyone would stop eating fast food. They wouldn't be drinking diet sodas, right? We wouldn't have obesity as the biggest issue that's creeping up on, on childhood uh, uh, mortality rates, you know? And so, I mean, you look at saying, how do you eat right to feed your brain? You basically said like, this is exactly what you eat. And I learned things like, you talk about providing information to everyone. I told Baldo yesterday, I said, did you know that when you eat certain foods that have the color all the way to the core, that means there's more antioxidants in it mm -hmm. as opposed to like apples or bananas that are white on the inside, which means there's no nutrients. And I was like, that's, that's an amazing concept, it's simple. Mm -hmm. But yet, if you explain it in a way that people can get it and go to the grocery store and say, hey, I'm eating a tomato, I know it must be good because it's all red, then it's like, wow, that's like something a kindergartner can even understand, right? I love what you were saying about about how eat better and exercise and everybody would do it if it was that simple. The other part of that is like you need the motivation and yeah. without the ingredients in your brain, it's the, your brain is the puppet master. It does all of it, right? If your brain's not working well, you don't have the motivation to even make the choices right. to do what you you know, maybe cognitively no is going to help you. Um, but it's like, uh, but I just really want that Twinkie, you know? <laughs> well, you're a behavior coach as well, right? So like, I mean, the brain likes simplicity as much as possible. So the brain wires itself as much as possible to turn everything into a habit. So I'm sure that's a major part of your practice as mm. well. Like, and Kevin, I don't know if you worked on that yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, trying yeah. to change it. Because, I mean, everyone knows kale is healthier than the Twinkie, but, you know, everything in your brain says, well, that Twinkie has more energy. What if I start starving tomorrow? I mm -hmm. should have the more energy. Whereas you're never going to start starving in modern-day America. Yeah. I like that you brought up habit because, yeah, that's – actually, I just taught a, taught a workshop um, uh, on Saturday – about mastering your attention. And I talked about the neuroscience of how, how our attention um, builds those pathways. It, it waters the plants. And you, you were talking about the, the garden earlier. Yeah. Um, so our, th our, our brain is a garden. Think yeah. of it this way. Our thoughts are the seeds. And our attention is the sunlight and water and the soil is nourished by the food we eat. Yeah. So, and ask any neurobiologist, any neuroscientist, any functional neurologist, anybody who understands brain plasticity, they'll tell you those pathways we give our attention to, those thoughts we give our attention to, they grow and they reinforce and those pathways get stronger. Yeah. And so, we all have these pathways like, you know, just that we've been practicing for so long and by the time we trample over something like 86 billion times it's a pretty well established pathway right yeah like it's a highway it's a high it's a six lane highway and now it's like all right i don't want to go that way anymore i'm gonna go through the woods <laughs> right? mm -hmm. so we need to motivate ourselves to go through the woods if there's something better on the other side of, of the woods, right? And so what I was talking about is a lot of the motivation in that aspect um, of like, of what it takes to change the behavior. And what it takes is, I mean, it's, it's difficult to, to get somewhere by going through the woods. 
But if it is in alignment with who you are or who you want to be, and you can find this purpose and this motivation or this necessity, then it's not struggle. It's building something. You know, it feels constructive. And that's, yeah, so that's, thank you for bringing that up. And I work with clients about the neuroplasticity of change and what it takes to, uh, to implement these things as well as, as a, because it's not as simple as just, yep, change your diet, eat this, like just follow this protocol. All you need is this handout. Like it's, there's more to it about, yeah. about getting yourself in a place to make the changes. Well, this, this ties in perfectly to, to my work and your work. I mean, cause we work together, but also like on a hormonal level, adrenal fatigue often feels a lot like like depression and brain inflammation feels a lot like depression and like if you say oh yeah all you got to do is like wake up early meditate go to the gym and eat a bunch of vegetables if you're depressed and you feel like just uh like i tell people food first and supplement second but for a lot of people if you can give them the supplement something like this iv drip or this drink and they feel amazing even just for a few hours And they remember, oh, this is what it feels like to feel healthy. Yeah. And you're like, you can yeah. feel like this all, all the time. time. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, what? This is amazing. It gives you that motivation to like, okay, wait, if I can feel like that more, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Yeah. So now you take that momentum and you go with it. Then you and the, the other, you know, yeah. as Zach was saying with hormonal diet and, and what I'm preaching, like, you know, uh, Norga Gaudis actually just recently... Um, wrote a book called um, Rethinking Fatigue uh, yeah. and what she talks about is she, she says your, your adrenals are simply a hormone factory they do what they're told to do by your brain <laughs> and so like re, you know reestablishing your hormones and your brain because clearly hormones and brain health are very well related every female knows this quite well that their hormones affect their mood. Yes, you know? that is, yes. We all know. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> we know that. Have you read, uh, have you read uh, um, what is uh, Maxwell Maltz, um, Psycho-Cybernetics? I have not. It's a great book. Okay. I've actually yeah, gifted, that gifted that yes. book. Gifted it to me, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, I have it in my house. It's, an, an, it it's an incredible book. But it was, it's funny, because last night, um, we've been getting up earlier, because we've had a lot of events in the mornings, and but in order to build, I've, since then, I've, I have built a habit of getting up at 3.30 or 4 a.m. to get my meditation, mm-hmm. my yoga, my visualization, affirmations. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking about like adding more events myself just so that we can spread the word more. So then I was starting to think about, like I might have to be start going to yoga classes at night. And I was just putting so much resistance to myself of like, that means I have to like now change one thing, right? But it just felt like so much up here at some point, I was like, it just has to be done. Like, that's it. Like, don't worry about it. It's going to be good. Like, that's how it happened before. And But like you said, if you don't have that experience or at least that motivation to, like, work through it, then it's, it's more difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure nutrition plays a big part because we just feel like crap. And it's like, I don't want to work through this. I just want to sleep. Well, I like, I like you brought up, both of y'all brought up hormones. Um, we do hormone balancing here I don't say it's just replacement therapy right because um, you have to have a balance right so one thing that I love about the book and just y'all's approach is that it's a balance like a holistic balance and 
I tell people whether you're tired, you want to lose weight, you want to sleep better, um, you just won't be where you want to be unless your hormones are in balance. But the thing is, when everyone thinks about hormones, they think testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. And I'm like, your adrenals make estrogen and testosterone. They make, like you said, it's a hormone production factory. Aldosterone regulates blood pressure, sodium, potassium, right? It makes norepinephrine and epinephrine, which is your adrenaline, right? I mean, it makes cortisol, right? And so, like, if you think about cortisol, everyone knows that as the stress hormone, right? And so, I had a conversation with one of our friends uh, the other day, burpees and bubbly, and uh, she was talking about cortisol, and she was like, "Why is cortisol, you know, like, why is it so high in the morning for some people?" And I said, well, it's how we deal with stress, right? Mm -hmm. And so you think about break fast, right? You're waking up, you're refreshed. If you had a good night's rest, then you should be recharged that day. But how many people go to bed and wake up tired, right? And they just say, I'm more tired after I went to sleep. How is that possible? And no one talks about adrenals, right? Um, it's part of your metabolism chain. And if you think about the elevation of mood, just being able to get out and get off the couch to go work out, if someone is depressed, the last thing you want to do is just say, well, let's just give you direct testosterone because you're a guy and that's what you need. You're saying, well, it comes with the adrenal glands. Could the adrenals be shot? Mm -hmm. Could something be going on to where cortisol is fluctuating day in and day out and it's throwing off your inflammation, right? And one of the things I found very interesting, you mentioned in the book, type 3 diabetes. Mm -hmm. now, now, I'll tell you this, right? You smile because they've heard me say this over and over again. And I... I I ingrained this into people, pun intended, that, uh, that you say like, look, if, if insulin and blood sugar is gonna do this in your brain, imagine that it's gonna cause confusion and your brain's gonna say, what the hell is going on? Why is your cortisol, because that goes up with insulin, right? Mm -hmm. Why is your insulin and your blood sugar doing this all the time, right? Um, and I found the connection to ketogenic diets and saying if your body runs off of fats and ketones, does your insulin and cortisol ever spike? And so could you say by eating more fat, healthy fat, could you reduce the inflammation of cortisol and insulin in the body, thus regulating your metabolism and thus preventing Alzheimer's, right? That's one way to look at it. But then there's the connection to diabetes. Why in the world would somebody develop Alzheimer's if they're diabetic, right? And no one puts the connection to, right? If diabetes is one of the worst things you could ever have in your body, why in the world would you not think the brain's gonna be affected, mm -hmm. right? And if you can control insulin better, which is a hormone, mm -hmm. then could you say you're doing a hormone balancing that affects leptin, that affects ghrelin, that affects cholecystokinase, right? That affects your adrenals, that affects the pituitary gland and your hypothalamus, mm -hmm. right? And so to me, when you talk about hormones, you, you hit on the nail, man. You're talking about nutrition. I mean, I'm sure you say, take this for your adrenals, right? Mm -hmm. Like, well, what's a food you'd recommend for adrenals? Uh, well, so I would food saturated fats kind of for all hormones, but but herbs, ashwagandha is a great one. Rhodiola rosea is a great one. There's a lot of the DHA too has been clinically proven to lower cortisol. Right. It can it works better than an SR, SSRI drug when compared together mm -hmm. for right. depression and that kind right. of thing. And I'm I'm sure that like you were prescribed probably a lot of those, right? Maybe even offered an antidepressant. You know, I actually, most of mine was, uh, was self-study. And I definitely, like, implemented some of those, like, adaptogenic herbs um, to help balance and kind of experiment with where I was with things and how I was doing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, what, what I love about Zach is he's, he's all over it. 
and he kind of picks up where I leave off and, yeah. and vice versa. Well, I can see y'all work well together in that sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so eggs, eggs and fatty fish too, like salmon and that kind of thing. Cause yeah. I love it. All I talk about is eggs. Yeah. We're coming, we're coming back to the DHA. Yes. I want to talk about DHA. You know, we were talking about eggs earlier today and we were, I, I was talking about the yolk is packed with choline, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think I was saying, you know, I started putting the egg yolks in my coffee. It's kind of <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Sounds you know. I do it? Yeah. Oh, there my God. Go. There you go. <laughs> and and it's like, yeah, you, you can put the whole egg in there also. I mean, like, you know, uh, the whites are a pretty bioavailable form of, of protein. However, an inflammatory one for many people. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so that's that's me. I, I egg whites um, are inflammatory to me. As as you read in the book, though, I don't eliminate them from the book because they're totally great source of protein and choline for for others. The egg yolks work for me though, so I separate. Yeah, I'm the same way. Eggs. Yeah. yeah. So well, yeah. I'll I'll say one thing on a on a on a follow up to the choline. So. We go and we have a Kirby Lane breakfast like once a week, right? And we do videos about like the food we're about to eat. I talk about insulin, leptin, all that, but we talk about eggs. And I'm the first one to say, eat the yolk. Like yeah. the yolk has chromium in addition to zinc, it has xanthan, protects your eyes and your brain, has antioxidants, right? But I cringe, and I'm sure y'all do too, and someone's like, I only do egg whites, bro. Yeah. Like, I only do egg whites, man, because that's what it's giving me muscle. I'm like, dude, you need to be doing the egg yolk. Like if anything, you should do more egg yolk than anything mm -hmm. else, right? But, uh, but it's funny, so you talked about, and I know you believe this too, food is your medicine. I believe that wholeheartedly, and you said food first, supplements second. Mm -hmm. um, but then I look at blood work and genetic markers, and I say, okay, well what if they can't metabolize that food product as better as they thought they would, right? Mm -hmm. So like for me, I've tested genetically arachidonic acid, we'll come back to that word again, uh, it inflames my heart. My dad, who uh, just had open heart surgery last month, uh, coronary artery disease. So guess who's at risk, right? And so I'm thinking, could it be all the meat products? And could it be that they're not grass-fed or, or pasture-raised and all that, which could very much be the truth. But then, you know, you read things like the China study, right? And they're talking, go vegan, plant-based, raw. And I'm saying, no, there has to be a balance, right? Like, if, it, if you look at a paleo aspect, dinosaurs weren't just herbivores. Right, like you, you, they, they ate meat. Like you, you need to eat some kind of meat. But like you said, palm your hand kind of deal, right? But what's interesting about the choline is that for meat products, it goes into the intestinal tract and it produces this byproduct called TMAO, and it's an inflammatory marker that can measure uh, arterial inflammation. Going back to homocysteine and all that as well. And I read this this research. This this I, he's probably a neuroscientist that said. Um, Animal products can cause inflammatory byproducts in the body if they're ingested and metabolized incorrectly. I don't know how you're going to metabolize food, yep. right? I can measure markers, but by that point, you've eaten tons of hamburgers throughout a whole life. Mm -hmm. I don't know that, right? Mm -hmm. But then you're saying, why does it cause inflammation? Why does red meat cause arachidonic acid to be inflamed for me? And then it doesn't cause the inflammation from the choline and the yolk, right? But then you say, what if we bypass the intestinal tract? To provide choline for the body, because I'm like with y'all, choline is like great for the brain. That's exactly what we're doing. And you do it right there, exactly. So then I say, will you ever release those byproducts in the gut if they're so inflamed that they can't absorb anything? If you give an IV or shot, mm -hmm. right? So we have a lot of digestive people who come in. We're like, and I say digestive, they have digestive issues. Mm -hmm. 
like IBS, Crohn's, uh, uh, colitis, and all that well, as well. This is exactly where they should. And, be. and they and we give them choline. Yeah. I don't just give it because they need focus. We give brain candy choline for people who have ADHD and need focus issues, right? Like they have it, but then it's like it's a liver detoxer. Mm -hmm. But then also like it's also going to cause uh, your liver to be healthier. That produces better cholesterol. It moves the cholesterol through your whole body. Too. Yeah, and and that's right. And so. Going back to like the ingredients, like we'll talk on cholesterol here in a second, but tell me about DHA. Like, why do y'all love DHA so much? <laughs> yeah, 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 I got a laugh out of you. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we obviously have a lot to say. Yeah. Yeah, about that and, and the choline too. The choline, one thing you might not know about it, you probably you might know this though, but your viewers might not, is that it's known as a tetramethylator for methyl group donor. Yes. And so the thing is like, um, choline can be converted into betaine, which offsets the homocysteine and prevents that arterial uh, hardening and inflammation yeah. and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. But so if you don't have enough of that, the betaine from like spinach and beets, it'll take it from your brain to try to fix your heart and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So well. it's, so choline, we'll come back to that, but DHA, I mean, it's really like the meat and potatoes as far as what your brain is made of. Mm -hmm. I mean, it competes better than an SSRI in studies against depression and recurring major depressive disorder. I can't remember if it's major or massive depressive disorder. I think it's major depressive disorder. Um, and anxiety. And um, like we were saying before, brain inflammation kind of equates to um, not only brain fog, but like depression and anxiety for a lot of people. And so you're, you're putting in this antioxidant that reduces that, and then you're also giving your brain the building blocks to build uh, new neurons, to myelinate new neurons, and like, Myelinate, myelin is the sheath that goes around neurons for your viewers, and a myelinated neuron can fire up to 10 times faster mm -hmm. than an unmyelinated neuron. And so, I mean, you talk about getting rid of brain fog, like, it's one of the best things for ingraining new memories and speeding up the firing rate of your brain and just making these processes that used to be difficult pretty much automatic. Right. Uh, but yeah. amazing hormone <laughs> stuff, too. I mean, the hormone thing, it lowers your cortisol. You're either in fight or flight, or in growth or development. So if your cortisol is high, your thyroid hormone and sex hormone is gonna be low. And so I'm like, take DHA, because it's gonna lower your cortisol. And he's like, take DHA, because it's literally what your brain's made of. It's gonna mm -hmm. stop the inflammation. Right. So yeah, yeah. we're good here. Yeah. Well, no, there's, the, and there's more to that. Yes, more. <laughs> tell us more, tell us more. There's more to that, but yeah. So so I, I love how you brought up myelination. So with with multiple sclerosis for example the myelin sheath is what it's an autoimmune disease that it attacks right the myelin sheath so that um so that the neurons aren't communicating as well anymore um with dha it helps with that um same with uh <coughs> sulfur yeah so so um sulfur fruit sulfur vegetables i'm a huge fan of like broccoli, like you were broccoli. talking about yeah, earlier. Yeah. Broccoli, garlic, onions, things of that sort are really great for for supporting our blood and and uh, blood vessels and our arterial health. And then the DHA also is super important for creating synapses in the brain. So for your viewers, when when you have a neuron fire. It goes through an axon, you know, it's still like this, here's your cell body, yeah. and then there's an axon coming off of it like this, right? Like and a then, ponytail or something, right? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then that axon, you have, you have 
you have a, a neuron that goes from the base of your brain to your tailbone. Like that's one cell. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I know that. For the listeners, the synapse is basically like the connection point where two yes. where two neurons connect to talk. It's to like one it's another. like lightning. So, like you're tagging someone. Like you're it now. Go do something. Right. right. So, so let's like the, think the about the little that. Balls with the electricity. Going yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. 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 So let's think about that. You have a neuron in your in the base of your brain. It fires all the way to your tailbone. It's one cell. An electron or, or an electrical charge. Is, is brought through that axon and it's, um, it, it's propagated or it's, it's faster due to a myelin sheath around that axon. So there are many, um, there's, there's a huge sheath around it. It's actually many of them and little nodes of Ranbir, it's called sure. in between, where it just propagates it and makes it really fast. So we, we want to uh, support that. And then as well, once it gets to your tailbone, then it synapses with another um, neuron. And there's a neuron that goes from your tailbone to your pinky toe. Yeah. So this is one cell that does all of that. So it needs to go all the way down there, right? So at that synapse, you have, you have dendrites um, from the presynaptic neuron or the neuron from your base yeah. of your skull down to your tailbone to the next neuron that goes from your tailbone to the other one, it's kind of like this, right? Yeah. And, um, and as Allison was saying, between there, be where, where this meets this, there's a synapse at each one of these. Right. And that synapse, um, to, first of all, between that synapse, between every synapse in your brain and body is cholesterol. So that's yeah, very I, I saw it too. Yeah. That's awesome. And creating really strong connections involves choline, uridine, and DHA. Yeah. The magic DHA. The trifecta. And uh, there's so many studies about how powerful DHA is in um, protecting the brain before an injury and healing the brain after an injury. Like giving high dose omega-3s and especially omega-3s high in EPA and DHA directly following a brain injury has like is bringing people back from these comas and recovering in such a powerful way yeah yeah there's a lot of studies of using all three of them together the DHA uridine and choline like a lot of times yeah. we don't get studies about the synergistic effects but there's I think like th there's at least three or four that I've read where it's those three exactly and how mm -hmm. they work together. Yeah, I it's funny when I was going back to the research about the TMAO and the choline and all that, the guy was suggesting that everyone has choline deficiencies mm -hmm. because a lot of medications can reduce choline. Mm -hmm. And so could you say that Alzheimer's is choline deficiency? Could you say Parkinson's is choline deficiency? MS for a certain extent, right? So it's amazing that you keep talking about choline, choline, choline. The only reason I liked it was because I was like, what's going to cause more synapses? It's going to cause a parasympathetic response. So obviously everyone's in fly or fight mode. We need to calm everyone down. But then like when you looked at the DHA aspect of it, as far as the brain goes, um, first of all, DHA is found in omega-3s. Right, I don't think we, you said that before, but I just want to emphasize Yeah, that. it's an omega-3 fatty acid. Yeah, so, so when you take a fish oil, you're getting DHA and EPA. Right. I, I want to clarify one thing. Uh, so not all omega-3s contain, uh, 
contain DHA. In fact, vegetarian sources um, have ALA, which is an omega-3 fatty acid, alpha-linoleic acid, and it does convert to DHA, but the conversion is like 0.2 to 4%. Yeah, so yeah. And it's not and not a very efficient way to get your DHA. Yeah. yeah, and DHA is the last one in the chain. Like, it's a process of elongation and saturation. So DHA is the last step. And it's also a wild card with who we actually see can convert it. Like, yeah. they gave mm-hmm. women, like, 10 grams a day of ALA. Because a lot of vegans will say, oh, you can convert chia seeds, hemp seeds, and stuff. They gave them, like, 10 grams. And I think the women were converting, like... Um, I think making like two to three hundred milligrams of EPA out of that, but with and then a little bit of DHA out of that, not not enough. But the men, it was zero. There was no blood level changes at all. Mm-hmm. And so we don't know if it's a gender thing or if it's a hormone thing or if it's a, a genetic yeah. thing. Yeah. And so it's a wild card of like who's gonna who's gonna convert it and who isn't. The blood version just efficiency so we, is like definitely genetic, just like the methylation cycle. Yeah, it is. I, I'm glad that y'all said that because I have people who say I take a fish oil, mm-hmm. and the first thing I say is, "Where's the source? Mm-hmm. Is it a fatty fish, salmon, mackerel, sardines? Right? And hopefully, it's not one of the fish hatchery ones that's <laughs> over here, right? Too, right? But then, hopefully, you, it's not flax. <laughs> well, we'll get back to that. But <laughs> but think about this: what you said with flaxseed and chia seeds, ALA, and all that stuff. Imagine that I give something with the idea that it's just going to flourish on its own, like you said, the planting in the soil and all that, right? The soil could be genetics, right? It doesn't allow the ALA to convert, right? So then I look at it in my theory when I first learned about EHA and EPA. You have omega-3s, you have omega-6s, you have omega-9s, okay? Now, when you go to the store, sometimes you see, like, you can supplement O3s, you can supplement 6 and 9s. I tell people, you don't need to do 6 or 9s ever. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no need. The reason why 6 and 9s converting in the pathway of inflammation, six and nines go to inflammation, mm-hmm. okay, in most people. Mm-hmm. Omega-3s go usually to anti-inflammation, but for some it goes inflammatory. Sometimes it gets converted to anti-inflammation. DHA is never inflammatory. Mm. It is always anti-inflammation, right? So years ago, when I was hearing about concussions, I was like, wow, if the brain's made of DHA, why in the hell would you just not give a high-dose fish oil? And it wasn't until I started reading your story and I was like, oh crap, like I was right. Like DHA (laughs) in high amounts is gonna protect the brain and in your case, reverse a vegetative state of a traumatic brain disorder. And I'm thinking like, well, what is it gonna do for healthy people who who just need nourishment, right? Could it prevent Alzheimer's? Mm -hmm. Could it prevent Parkinson's? Could it reverse all that stuff? I wanna say one thing about all the the DHA and we kind of like, we kind of like stomped on vegetarian sources, but I wanted to say that we, uh, uh, we have an article, feedyourbrain.com forward slash vegan, because there is a vegan source of yeah. DHA yeah. that's derived from algae. He takes it. I yeah. switched to that. And yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's night and day, actually. Nice. I can feel it every time as opposed to like the fish oil. Sometimes I just, it wouldn't make a But it's, it's more also, DHA though, right? Than algae is? It's yeah, well, also very, it's very both. low in mercury. Very yeah. low in mercury compared to some fish. I mean, you can get really clean fish oils too, but that's one of the benefits of the algae. Yeah, well, I searched through it and I love it. And I also use it with the joint supplement that we do to heal this, and the healing was quicker. Did Last night I got too excited and I went and I sprinted because we were talking about creating health insurance, and I was like, it was too early to do that. Like, was just, <laughs> it was just a long time. I took off and I was like, oh crap. 
<laughs> All right, I guess I'll have to double dose on that algae oil. But it's funny that, that we've always learned like a fish oil is a good joint supplement. The one he takes for the joint supplement has glucosamine chondroitin mm -hmm. with hyaluronic acid and MSM. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is you talked about in your book that it's a sulfur-containing like ingredient uh, that cushions the joint. Right. I'm guessing it's probably found in like the cartilage and the eggshells, maybe, right? Uh, the lining of it, right? But I was thinking, like, damn, like sulfur is methylation versus, or I mean, uh, which equals uh, liver detox, mm -hmm. right? And so, like, you're, you're okay. Like, if you were to say, how do you reduce inflammation of the brain? You're going to say, feed the brain with the nourishment it needs, which it needs choline, it needs DHA, and the uridine, which we need to talk on. And then you're going to say, but you got to fix the gut because it won't absorb the nutrients that you put in your body, right? You need to fix the liver. Because apparently the liver will make and store all your cholesterol. And then you're saying if you have good cholesterol, that cholesterol is going to go in between your synapses and in your neurons and cause your brain to think quicker. And you made a perfect, excellent point. Don't tell someone to go on a low-fat, low-cholesterol diet if you expect them to be healthy. And I mean, I mean, the funny thing about it is people come in here and say, I'm on a statin and I have high cholesterol issues and my doctor says I'm going to have a stroke. And I need an antidepressant. And I need an antidepressant because of it, right? But the thing is, you're basically, now if they have a cholesterol issue, which we know that cholesterol is not the issue, right? It's the yeah. inflammation from the cholesterol, right? Mm -hmm. Genetically, whatever you put in your body. We don't have a drug that reduces that. But you have a drug that, that reduces, reduces antioxidants. But you have a drug like a cholesterol pill that reduces CoQ10, right. which is an antioxidant that protects your heart. Yeah. Why in the hell are we going to give a medication that lowers uh, lowers the chance to protect it? There's your answer. And that's, the thing. <laughs> and that's the thing. But now you're saying literally cholesterol is so important that you need more of it in your body in order for your brain to function. Cholesterol is the precursor to all hormones. So if yeah. you need better testosterone, better estrogen as a woman, you need better fat. Mm -hmm. So when people come in here and we say, are you putting you know, fat in your coffee? Are you eating an avocado a day? Are you eating two avocados a day? Are you eating good salmon? Mm -hmm. You say, well, my doctor told me not to do that because mm -hmm. it's the bad kind of cholesterol. In fact, my doctor said not to eat the chicken yolk because it's bad cholesterol for yeah. my heart. Mm -hmm. Okay, in What the Health, the documentary, they said that eating an egg a day is the equivalent of smoking three cigarettes. <laughs> I remember that part. Yeah. I, was, I, was like, I was like, that is not science. Oh, yeah. That's not how science oh, works. They, they had me up until that point, and that doctor looks straight in there and says, that's why I don't like chicken eggs. And I'm like, bullshit. Like, that's horrible. I said, you eat the yeah. best food in the world mm -hmm. in your body. Garlic is right up there with it. Um, broccoli now that I, I like to read, read your book. Um, eggs and avocados like that's breakfast right here in austin you can put all that in a taco right and then all of a sudden he was like dude i'm putting salsa avocado i liked how you were saying breakfast earlier is break fast yeah it's when you break your fast and uh and that that's another thing i talk about in the book that like when you break your fast it doesn't need to be with with breakfast foods with your Typical your breakfast. typical breakfast yeah. foods, you know, your your eggs, your sausage, your, I mean, it, it, those are all great, or your cereal, or your orange juice, or whatever, like, not so that's good, not right? so great. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But, uh, but, you know, it's, it's like, food is food. When you eat it, is, is determines if it's breakfast, or lunch, or dinner, right? Like, breakfast... 
That's when you're breaking your fast. I break my fast with like, what today what? We had a steak. steak. We had a steak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the paleo people were like, hell yeah, man. Steak and eggs, bro. No, no <laughs> eggs. Like, I didn't even know eggs, right? Because uh, again, like, I can't really do the, the whites. The whites. Um, so I, today, I, I had steak with some arugula. Yeah. That was my breakfast. Yeah. It was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. You, you fed your brain, man. I did, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Ask how many people actually eat breakfast. And, and then you follow up and say, well, what are you eating for breakfast? Right. Coffee, bagel, Cheers. breakfast taco, whatever, right? <laughs> I mean, people just say, I don't have time for it. So I'm going to get a granola bar, which is sugar. Or I'm going to get coffee that has caffeine in it, right, and has a creamer in it. Or I'm going to get a breakfast taco. That they have bacon, which is not bad, right? Mm-hmm. You have the eggs, it's not bad. Uh, but then it's a flour tortilla. Mm-hmm. And then they wait until, you know, maybe noon or so, and they eat something on the go. And, while, and then they crash, and then they're running for a Red Bull, more coffee, mm-hmm. whatever. And then they're stressed out about going home because they got to pick up the kids, they got to pick up the dry cleaning, whatever. By what the time, gonna <laughs> what am I going to eat for dinner now? And then they're like, all right, what can we heat up? What can we pick up and go with? And then by the time they put everyone to bed, now it's nine o'clock and they're saying, I gotta answer emails. I gotta, I gotta get on the laptop real quick and, and I, gotta, I gotta text a few people and I'm watching like the news. Yeah. <laughs> of the worst thing in the world mm, to watch, right? The midnight snacks. And go. the midnight snacks and the craving cortisol starts keeping, creeping up, mm-hmm. right? And then cortisol and insulin is doing this and then EMFs are just firing, right? And then next mm-hmm. you know, you're like, damn, no wonder you can't go to sleep at night, mm-hmm. man. You're, just fried. The other thing about this, so on, on my podcast, the Adventures in Brain Injury podcast, which is, by the way, my favorite thing. I get to interview the smartest and most inspirational people I've ever been heard of, right? Um, nice. And so, and so um, on that, I, I, I interview a lot of functional neurologists. Yeah. And what we talk about is how eye movements affect the brain so for example vertical eye movements like when we're scrolling on a computer that puts us into more of a sympathetic mode so we're 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 more awake and our cortisol fires just from like scrolling on facebook yeah so that's that's amazing that that happens so of course like people aren't sleeping when they're scrolling on facebook not to mention the blue light which finally like they put the like, the like time uh, sensitive like filters oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on. Finally, like it used to be, you had to, you had to get something for your phone and whatnot. And finally, Apple was like, "We got you." I yeah. always thought it was the political posts on Facebook that made me not want to sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that too. That too. And all the cat videos that you're watching, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get that. It's a holistic point of view, right? Where now we're talking like the emotional aspect of treating the brain, right? So like we had an event last week and we're getting busier. I have a second child that just happened last week. And so like I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm stressed to say the least. So I started loading up on my adrenal supplement, right? Mm-hmm. But the first thing we did, we went to uh, a line or well, our good friends over at line uh, Thursday. And uh, we started off at what, 6.30 in the morning. And the first thing we set up and I said, Vlad, let's go meditate. So we went upstairs and meditated for 15 minutes. And uh, it was on our, one of our best coaching sessions. It was because mm-hmm. it was one of those where he said he could feel like my release and I did too. I kind of zoned out. But imagine that something as simple as meditation or grounding is going to nourish your brain, right? Because now you're getting to the nervous system, the fly or fight, and I think he said maybe rest and digest or something like that too, right? Um, if you're in sympathetic mode all the time, what you're producing now is excitatory toxins. 
right? Um, that are basically fueling your brain cells and neurons to basically so excited that they pop, right? One of the things that does that is aspartame, right? That you find in diet sodas, fake sugar, right? It's a cytotoxin where imagine like you just plug in, I don't know, one of those needles to blow up a, a, a tire, right? You just pop it into one of the neurons and you pump it up to the point where it explodes. Sympathetic stress, coffee, like sugar, they do the same thing in your brain. All that crap they're putting your feet into, the canola oil and all that. Canola oil and corn oil goes directly to your brain cells and inflames the hell of it to the point where they're just gonna pop, right? Mm -hmm. And then you wonder why people are like having this brain fog throughout the day or they're just like, I can't think clearly today for some reason. Yeah, it's something you talk about in your book a lot and, and in our work in general is glutamate-induced excitotoxicity, which happens with traumatic brain injuries, but with most people all the time, they have MSG, stress, mm -hmm. aspartame. It's happening at a low level all the time for them. So what happens very quickly in a traumatic brain injury, people can go long-term just having this happen just a little bit slower so they don't notice the decline yep. over years. And you mm -hmm. seem like you're gonna say something about that too. Yeah, I mean, uh uh, you were talking about the sweeteners as well. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about the insulin going up and whatnot, and then you brought up artificial sweeteners, which, as you know, also release insulin and other, other hormones. Additionally, they're neurotoxic. They're, they're called the excitotoxins. Correct. Um, that excite your neurons to death. Yeah. Right? So, um, so again, like... Yeah, this is about not having sugar. It's also about not having artificial sweeteners. Like seriously, there's nature has such beautiful sweet foods out there. Louis C.K. says this amazingly. Sorry, I had to bring up Louis C.K. Oh man, <laughs> I love him. Too. Triggered. <laughs> Triggered. 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 I don't care. I love no, him. Yeah, I mean, you know what? He like he like would do stand-up comedies about what he, like, was... And he was like, yeah, I told you I did that shit. I was listening. So, anyways, he did the... Artificial the And in, in 2000, uh, I don't know, 2010 or something, he did this this stand-up, and he's like... And, he's, and he's, he does things like, the food we feed them is crazy. It's just insane. I mean, it used to be you could give a kid an apple and you'd be like, oh, thank you. Now, apple tastes like paper to kids these days. <laughs> yeah. And that's the truth. We've, we've overstimulated the hell out of people's taste buds with, like, super um, palatable foods. Um, actually, I was, I was talking with Keith Norris about this, about basically the human zoo of, uh, of how how we we are influenced based on our biology like companies are watching taking studies and like learning everything they can to remove the dollar bills from your wallet and keep you in a state of dependence um with your health right if we're if we're in a state of dependence either nutritionally or or physically with our health like that drives our economy Oh yeah, supply and demand. Oh yeah, I, I know. It. But you look at it from a business consumer standpoint. If it takes X amount of dollars to make a Coca Cola, and we say, well, the scientist over there said we can reduce our cost if we replaced it with the sweet and low, 
then all of a sudden you save a dollar or two, but we're talking mass production, right? The same scientist comes back and says, I got something better than sweet and low. We took an extract of that and made aspartame. It's even sweeter because diet soda sucks as far as taste goes. That's always been the thing, right? Like diet soda tastes like regular, you know, whatever. But then you're gonna say, now we can make it more cost effective for the producer. And, it, and in the long run, yeah, you can market it in a way to say, well, there's no calories in it because we removed the sugar content, right? I mean, I had a doctor friend, smart as can be, who said, I drink diet soda out of style because, uh, like it's going out of style because it doesn't raise my insulin because there's no sugar in it. And I looked at him down in the face, I said, you're a physician, for crying out loud, and you can't sit there and tell me that you think diet soda is healthy for you because it doesn't raise your sugar content. Like it's, and I said, let me show you Jamie Oliver's TED talk. When he rolls out the wheelbarrow full of sugar and just dumps it on the floor and it's like this high. And if you would say one thing in the world, the reason why I don't like gluten, the reason I don't like bread, the reason I don't like sugar is because it is a cytotoxin. It goes to your brain and sugar will cause diabetes that literally cause excitation of the brain that causes Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, MS. And you're wondering why is it on the rise? Why is early dementia just accepted now that by the time we're 60 or 70, we're just not gonna have a memory? You know, and it's just, it, it doesn't bother us. It shouldn't That's happen. It's not either. natural. It's not. It's, it, people say it's normal. It's not normal, it's common. It's common no. because we're in a society where that is common. It's sad that it's common because it is not normal. This is it. We should be like 90 years old and be sharper than we've ever been. You know, it's called synaptic pruning. Like, we are born with more neurons than we'll ever have. But then those neurons and pathways get, like, ingrained and, and like, solidified. And, like, here's where we want pathways. And this is this, this stuff, like, we don't need that. We, we can cut those out. And so we get really good at things, right? Like, like a, a, a child can learn several languages very well right yeah um the it, it's very set up to learn um and then later in life it's not as set up to learn but it is so set up to master you know older people are masters younger people are able to learn yeah. and that's the way it should be when we're in our 80s or 90s we should be so good at what we we have chosen as like to put our attention towards We've watered and given that plant so much awesome sunlight. That thing is beautiful, like Douglas fir. <laughs> yeah, right. Like these trees that are hundreds of years old, and they're only getting stronger every day. Uh, that's it. Yeah, but we've accepted that we get weaker. The quality of life is going to just decline once you just hit a certain age, because that's what happens, right? That was beautiful. They just get stronger and stronger. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean the sugar thing too. I mean, it's almost like. Like a like a drug cartel. I mean, when we look at these big food companies, they're making foods that are highly addictive. We found sugar is eight times more addictive than cocaine. Even when the rats were already addicted to the cocaine intravenously, they would choose the sugar. They're eight times more likely to choose the sugar. Yeah. So we have cheap food that's easy to manufacture your cereals and grains and your sugars, and we just make mass amounts of it. And what better way to keep people addicted and hooked on this stuff? And it's something I wanted to come back to from before is that there's this process called glycation yeah. in the body. Yeah. And when you have sugar in the body, what happens is it will stick to the collagen. And this is one of the big things that leads to uh, atherogenesis. So when your arteries harden, 
it's like collagen is, and elastin is what keeps those things fluid and moving as well as your joints and as well as these other things um, like your gut lining and your blood brain barriers all collagen and elastin and the more we have this excess sugar more than our body can metabolize it sticks to it it sticks to it and it causes glycation which that's when your skin starts to wrinkle and starts to sag you don't have enough collagen and elastin yeah. and like beautiful outside beautiful inside yep, yep. Um, it, it is a mirror of this stuff that's going on, but so we get um, fructose is seven to ten times more likely to glycate as well because your liver has to process it. But so like we get this hardening of the arteries. We don't consume, we consume a lot of meat as a culture, but not a lot of collagen from bone broths, mm -hmm. uh, from like, you know, boiling these bones together and extracting that collagen, that glucosamine, that chondroitin, yeah. the uh, MSM is in there too, you know, yeah. it's all these sulfur. Uh, joint mm -hmm. stuff. So we yeah. eat way too much sugar. Uh, oftentimes we're eating not enough of some of the right kinds of proteins and we end up with this hardening of the arteries. And, and back to cholesterol too, there was this guy, it was a vegan doctor talking about this. This guy was a born a vegetarian. He was vegan for 40 years. So he had a cholesterol-free diet because cholesterol is only an animal product. He died of a heart attack. Now he was in his 60s, but he ate a cholesterol-free diet, died of a heart attack. So not everybody who has elevated cholesterol dies of a heart attack, but everybody who gets a heart attack has elevated homocysteine and that inflammatory marker that's related to the methyl yeah. pathway. And so he was eating a lot of these omega-6s, we're coming back, yeah. polyunsaturated fatty acids compete with the omega-3s and they outcompete them. So if you're eating canola oil, vegetable, soybean oil, it's gonna get in the way of that fish oil and block it you know, which we also see like not only brain health, but DHA helps with cardiovascular health. Yep. And so it's like, we're told it's still, I still walk into grocery stores and see vegetable oil and canola oil with a heart healthy stamp on it. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And people are like, but don't eat eggs because they got cholesterol. They got it's cholesterol. bad for your heart. And I'm like, oh man. <laughs> well, I'm going through a, through a no, no grain, no sugar diet right now. Man, I had a headache for like a week when I was yeah. like, like third week. Mm, withdrawals. And it's just crazy because it's like, but I don't need this. Why am I like suffering mm -hmm. from it? Like suffering for more of it. And yeah. It's weird. Well, I remember there was a commercial years back, and I'll say it was one of the big evil empires that basically control uh, glycophosate, right? The right. one, and so they said. <laughs> High fructose corn syrup is good for you, and they had this person walking through a grain field and then touching the, you know the corn stalks with their kids and all that, saying, "High fructose corn syrup is good for you because it comes from corn yeah. and it holds up the corn. It's natural." And I'm like, "95% of all the corn in America is all GMO, right?" And they don't tell you that crap. And they say, if you go to a restaurant and they deep fry something, they're worried about cross contamination, right, from gluten, right, and deep fried and this and all that. But I'm like. Is that peanut oil, cottonseed oil, grapeseed oil? Is it canola oil that you're cooking with, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Picnic has avocado oil, right? right? Which is the best thing for you. So then you're saying like, why are these people who grew up in the Mediterranean aspect of eating like, you know, olive oil, butter, drinking wine, even the French, right? They don't have cholesterol issues, right? And you're thinking, more why? Saturated fat than and why? Because it's the fat. It's the yeah. fat that you're after, right? And, you, and people, well, I've watched my macros and all that, bodybuilders do like, 200 grams of protein a day. And I'm just like, man, get out of here with that. Like, just eat fat and you're gonna lose weight. Eat fat and your brain's gonna be healthy. Eat fat and you won't be a diabetic. You know, you, have, you won't have heart issues. You know, you'll get better testosterone. And it's just incredible because you said all of this in your book, you preach this in, in your classes. And I, I said, this is the Bible, right? Because this essentially is not only feeding your brain, but it's feeding your entire body to be, to be healthier. 
And like I said before, I'm not going to make the difference. Y'all are. The campaign that you're on, the grassroots movement to change how we view health and wellness in this country, it's why we connect, it's why we, we met through Allison and Paleo and why, you know, I can have a conversation with Keith Norris too about, you know, what's wrong with, you know, the society days because we're just being brainwashed with grains and sugar and all this crap and you're saying like it's not, it's not the cholesterol issue. If we can just teach basic educational aspects to people to say, guess what, if you just incorporate more broccoli in your diet, you're, that's half the battle. If you could just do a fish oil with DHA in it once in a while, that's half the battle, right? And, and it's just little approaches like that that are going to make a world of a difference to maybe in 10 years, kids are going to say, I eat egg yolk because it's going to be good for my brain mm -hmm. instead of saying it's bad for my heart. If we can get to that point, then it's a win. We're, there. We're almost there. We're almost We're, there. So 10 years, no. Uh, we, I've seen so much change just in, like, like I... I actually just posted something about two years ago I wrote an article about fat it's called a fat chance and it's what uh, so I wrote this article about fat and a lot of people thought I was pretty kooky and and what what the deal was is I had been on a ketogenic diet for a year prior before writing the post that was kind of the rule is like I'm going to write about a therapy like I need to experience it for a year yeah. and so that's what I did and I'm like no this is this is good and I was like the tide has changed so much in those two years um, like now when I post this people are like sharing the hell out of it and they're like this is great you know so it's awesome yeah is, and I, you're right I used to tell them I don't know if it's going to happen but Medscape which is one of the big medical journal uh, databases that I've always kept in like basically my emails uh, for the past decade, they said ketogenic diet. Mm -hmm. Is this a fad or is it legit? Mm -hmm. And it was funny because I always look at the comments because it's only healthcare practitioners that are allowed this. So you have all these doctors on here. They were basically, yeah, I've been keto for the past five years and nice. it's helped me with this and it's helped me with this. And you have these other people and naysayers, oh, that's bullshit. No, no, no. And you put, no, it's not because I'm healthier and I'm telling my clients about it. And I was like, five years ago, this was never thought of. Mm -hmm. It was like, you're doing Atkins? You know, like you eat, just eat, you eat potatoes, you're paleo, right? You just eat bacon and, and, and steaks for breakfast. That's all you eat. It's like, no, Allison's plant-based now, right? No, paleo is, that's not carnivore. Paleo is not carnivore. Right, but you're more plant-based paleo, right? I eat Heavy. more vegetables than I eat meat. Yeah, but that was the misconception five years ago that paleo people didn't totally. eat vegetables, right? Yeah. Totally. And then, it still and, is. In, in yeah. some I like, like to do hashtag more vegetables than a vegetarian. So even that, the tide is changing, so it gives me hope. I, I can't thank y'all enough. I know we need to wrap it up. We totally do. We, we can talk we forever. All, we killed all three of our phone, like film streaming. Yeah, so I don't, know, I don't know who's so. still writing, whoever's listening. <laughs> They're all again, dead. There's but, nothing that we can do it at the audio recording. All of our devices died. Oh, my God. So, so we're done? Okay, well, well, the book, once again, is How to Feed Your Brain, Kevin Ballister. How to Feed Here. a Brain. How, how to Feed, feed a, a Brain. brain. No, how to Feed a Brain. That's right. Well, I like the colors on this. Yeah. Mm. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, look out for the videos, or at least parts of them. For <laughs> <laughs> iTunes, where can they find you, Kevin? Uh, you can find me at feedabrain.com. You can find me on all the social medias, feedabrain. Um, and uh, the Adventures in Brain Injury podcast, Adventure, which is on iTunes, it's on Stitcher, it's on all those. Um, let's see, uh, adventuresinbraininjury.com. 
don't know, Amazon. Paleo Amazon. Effects. Amazon. You'll be speaking at Paleo Effects, yeah? yeah. Nice. All right. So, yeah. Well, awesome. Hopefully, we can come out on your podcast, but thank you so much for your time. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. And Zach, for, obviously, Zach, where can we find you real quick? Oh, just if you need to email me, Zach at feederbrain.com. I'm working with Kevin, so I'm, I kind of let my, my own blog fall by the wayside. <laughs> I've been writing crazy books. Yeah, he's, Zach he's at a fantastic writer. He's been doing a lot of articles for us. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Awesome. Nice.